1: IB Nation, welcome back to the Irish Breakdown Podcast for a little bit of Notre Dame key for victory as we move closer and closer to Notre Dame taking on the Duke Blue Devils. Saturday night, 7.30 Eastern time. Of course, they are down in Durham, North Carolina for a big game. Duke comes into the matchup number 17 in the country, undefeated as of today. And uh, hopefully that changes after this weekend. But Notre Dame has another big one, folks. I know that we are... All hyper-focusing over a tough, hard-fought loss to Ohio State from this past weekend. But we're moving forward here because yeah, Notre Dame man. has a lot of season left. We were only five games into the season. Notre Dame has some very tough, ranked opponents that are still on the schedule. And Duke is obviously very much included in it. And Brian, I know when we talked about this one all-off season, at the time we talked about this being a trap game, right? And now... It's not really a trap anymore. People know who Duke is, especially after their big victory over Clemson 28 to 3 in their opening game victory. So it's a big one, though, man. Notre Dame needs to get back on track. They have a great opponent. They are away. This is a big one coming for Notre Dame this weekend. Massive.
2: You know, Duke is a good football team, man. We've talked about this. And as I said in my show yesterday, Ryan, they're better than I thought they were going to be. You know, some of the transfers they got in the secondary have made their secondary better. That was a one of the weaknesses they had last season was their corner play, and it's been alleviated so far. They've got an excellent defense. Al Blades Junior. has done a really nice job. Miles Jones, Chandler Rivers is a as a they, they. I think all three of them have at least 120, 130 snaps. Like so, they rotate all three of them in. You know, yep. Brandon Johnson's been a lot more impactful as a nickel than I thought they were going to be. Like their secondary, which I mean, looking back, it's kind of one of those, duh. Their head coach is Mike Elko. I should have assumed that sure. their secondary was going to get better, right? I mean. <laughs> You know, uh, but you just kind of went off what they did last year, and they were getting ripped in the pass game late last year, uh, you know, by different teams because their talent wasn't very good. And you, amazing what a couple good corners can do for a defense. And they're well, not well, even like elite corners, but they're significantly better than what they had. They, they've played a
1: lot of football, right? Yeah. Like Al Blades Jr. coming from Miami has played a lot of football. Miles Jones is a seventh-year corner, folks. Like, and He's played, obviously, a lot t- long time at Texas A&M, so – Yes, Mike Elko is getting the defense turned around. It is much, a much different team than I think even I thought coming into the season. I thought they were going to be a 10-win type team. But, I mean, Brian, like this team looks like they could contend for ACC this year. Like It's possible, yeah. man. Like They're in that conversation at least. This team is going to be a tough out for Notre Dame, obviously, this weekend. But I think that they, more than anything, are going to be a tough out for anyone this season. So, yes, no- this is another
2: good football yeah.
1: team Notre is playing this week.
2: Well, when you look at Duke last year, after Mike Elko inherited a three and nine football team, their biggest loss was an early September eight point loss. At the time was a pretty good Kansas team. That was before Jalen Daniels got hurt. And then I think their next biggest loss was four, three, like their combined losses on the season was 16 points and four losses combined. Four losses were six, were 16 points. And they had some bad loss, like losing to Georgia tech at home. That's a bad loss. And they should have won that football game, but and he's done a really nice job building up. This is still a game Notre Dame should win. I mean, that's the thing. It's like we're, we're hyping Duke up because it's a good football team. They deserve to get hyped up. They deserve the praise. Mike Gilko's done a great job. They've got good talent. They do. I've talked all about the receiving core all season. That's a good group of receivers. It's not Ohio State. It's not USC. It's not that. You know, their offensive line is really steady and solid. Graham Barton's a heck of a football player, but it's they're good more because of their experience, more so than they've got Joe Waltz and, you know, Quentin uh, Nelson's up front, you know, that I'm kind of – same thing with their D-line, same thing with their linebackers. Same with their, there's no, like, holy moly, that guy's a first-round pick. I, I don't know about Graham Barton. I'm more talking about – I don't nah, know, Ryan. Not, I'm not, not sure. I just know he's a heck of a – They're, call they're call actually projecting
1: tackle. him to play center in the NFL, which is kind of interesting. So, yeah, with that the is, movement, yeah. and stuff, he's got He's definitely lines, not an
2: NFL-left tackle, but he's a really good college-left tackle. But there's, like, no true. guy – that you look at and you're like, but well, that's a future first round pick like that guy's a star. I mean, right. and, and they're just they're experienced. They're mm-hmm. well coached. They're quality athletes. And they are very confident. This is a confident football team. So it's going to be a challenge. Notre Dame is going to have to bring. You know, they're 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 a game to, to do what they need to do this weekend. And, and it's not just win, but also you need to look good in doing it. You need to bounce back. You need to get your confidence back and all those type of things. This is a team that they should beat. The reason that yes. the, the thing that I want to make sure Notre Dame fans understand, however, which is why we praise Duke so much is, number one, you need to have a healthy appreciation for who you're playing this weekend as a fan as a fan i know the notre dame players do but as a fan you need to have healthy appreciation because then you understand if if notre dame does handle their business yep it puts it in a proper context
0: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed
1: Well, and I I think that our fans want to be educated, right? Like even if Notre Dame ends up rolling in North Carolina State, like you came into that game, I think, prepared to know the names Peyton Wilson and Devin Van and like some of the good football players that each of these teams have. So keys to victory, folks, we're going to be rolling through what we need to see from the Notre Dame offense versus the Duke defense, what we need to see Notre Dame defense against the Duke offense and kind of work through a few of the key points that we have that we think that are really going to make the difference in this football game. And of course we'll do a little bit of prediction at the end. And the second section, we'll also do some predicting some major football games this weekend in college football outside of Notre Dame that could have big implications for Notre Dame's rest of their schedule. Right. Cause you said it perfectly before the show started, Brian, Notre Dame is not in full control of their destiny anymore. Right. Like on a week to week basis, they have the opportunity to finish the season off the way that they should and the way that they're capable of. But ultimately, to get to where they want to go, they're going to need some help, right? Some losses need to come around the way, a couple upsets potentially. So we'll talk about a few of those big football games this weekend outside of Notre Dame that are, should be very important to Irish fans out there mm-hmm. for the, hopefully, the the long term of this season sure. and the potential that they still have. So uh, Notre Dame offense, we ready to get into it for some of these key to victories? Yes,
2: yes, Ryan. And, and look, we're going to get back to basics here with our keys to victory Ryan and we're going to stick with what we what we know to be true which is for this Notre Dame football team specifically but also when you're playing on the road against a good football team a ranked football team and a crowd that is going to be very loud because Duke hasn't played in a game like this in a long time I mean you could point to the Clemson game but they've played Clemson a bunch you know Notre Dame hasn't been here since 2019 they've never really had a, a chance to play and beat a good Notre Dame team Duke beat Notre Dame in 2016 but that was a bad Notre Dame football team sure it wasn't a very good Duke football team either but this is a big one for them and there's a belief in Duke that hey our football team has got a chance to be pretty good Mike Elko has done that for them and so it's back to starting fast Ryan and, and look Notre Dame on the season is averaging over 20 points a game in the first half that's pretty good the problem is they haven't done that against the better teams on the schedule they scored 17 points in the first half against NC State, which was good, but sure. uh, all all like 14 of it came in the second quarter. They allowed they NC State to, to, to kind of <laughs> hang in the game. They did a great job putting that last drive together because otherwise it's 10 to seven going into halftime. And I believe NC State started with the football in the second half. Ohio State, you get shut out in the first half right and so I don't care that you hung a 35 spot or a 42 spot or whatever on Tennessee State I don't care that you had a 28 nothing lead on in Navy I don't care that you were beaten you know you had 21 points against Central Michigan and I would argue that their name offense didn't actually play well in the first half against Central Michigan They had a couple big plays but other than that I mean 75 yard touchdown 76 yard touchdown you only had one other scoring drive in the first half against that team so I don't think they have started great, especially against the better teams. And it's going to be important this week, Ryan. And it's it's important practically crowd, you know, but also from a confidence standpoint. I do believe this Notre Dame offense is going to need a little bit of a confidence boost and having some early success doesn't mean you got to hang a thirty spot on North on Duke the first half. But right. you've got to come out, you've got to move the ball early, you've got to get into a nice rhythm, you got to put some points on the board in the first half.
1: Oh, it's massive, man. It is. And, and Brian, I want to start with what you just hit on there. Duke is coming into this football game feeling good about themselves. I'm not going to say the name, and I actually need to tell you they about should. this after, I, uh, after, after we get off here. But I actually talked to a Duke football player yesterday, texting a little bit, and they feel very good about their chances. We'll just mm-hmm. leave it at that. They come into this contest because Duke is not a rowdy fan base. But what we mm-hmm. know is, is that the – Energy that Mike Elko and this staff has injected into this program is going to bring a lot more people out this weekend. And then obviously, the national implications people are going to be watching this football game, right? Like they're excited down in Durham. Like they're, it's place going to be rocking a little bit. I think Notre Dame should still take over the stadium. We'll, We'll always talk about that type of stuff, right? But ultimately, Duke is feeling good about themselves. They're undefeated, 17th ranked in the country. They have a lot of good football players led by a quarterback that I think could be be a potential first-round pick if he keeps developing the way that he's developing. So Duke comes into this football game feeling themselves. They're feeling themselves. Yes. And And Notre Dame. No, they should, 100%. They should be very confident, and they are. That's the point. But on the other side is Notre Dame was feeling good about themselves, and then you lost a heartbreaker, right? And and this type of game could go a couple different ways, typically. Either – you are a mentally tough football team that says like, that's not happening again, right? Like we're going to come out and we're going to play with our hair on fire and we're not going to, we're not going to have that feeling again. Or two, some teams aren't mentally tough and they kind of pack it in a little bit and they kind of go, you know, they shrink a little bit in those types of big moments. I tend to believe that Notre Dame is the former in this conversation based upon the coaching staff, Marcus Freeman and the energy that we've felt over this team. But it's still a question until we see them what they come out and do. And I think that we'll get a gr- really good early indication of how this team is focused and how this coaching staff has really laid out just the atmosphere and the, you know, just the, the energy around this program. We're going to get a feeling. Cause I think that starting fast is big just collectively in this game, just from a practicality perspective. Like you want to start fast, you want to get on top of a team like this and you want to bury them. But Ryan, I think that it cannot be overstated the fact that the confidence level of Notre Dame and and, and Duke right now are in a little bit of a different place, right? Like in Duke this high, particular a
2: matchup, especially. Yes. yes, I mean they're a little bit a-
1: higher. They're the home team. They have a lot going for them in this game. There is nothing that Notre Dame could do more, in my opinion, than go in. Punch them in the mouth, right. and then they get shell shocked a little bit because they're like, right. "Oh dang, this is a, this this Notre Dame team's angry right now." Yeah. So I just think getting that energy back is a big thing early on in this football game for me personally.
2: Energy and confidence, right? Yep. It, because you're you're talking about a team that had scored forty plus points a game in each of the first four games, and they come out and they get completely shut out in the first half of this game. Like there is a confidence thing that needs to be established, and and also confidence needs to be removed. You need to let Duke know early on, hey guys. Great start to your year, but we're not Clemson. You know what I mean? Like, you know, we're going to keep this thing. There's a reason we've won, was it 29 now straight games in the ACC, right? This is going to be one that's just, you've got to go out there and do it because the season can fall apart real quick if you lose this game to Duke. Real quick. And, and so it's a very important game for Notre Dame. Whatever you think of Duke, this is a very important game for Notre Dame. And, and, and not, not so much because it's like, oh, you win this game and you're in the national championship hunt again. Nope. You're not in the national championship hunt until you play USC and and win yeah. that game, right? I mean, that's just the reality of it. But it is a very important game in regard to you need to get back on track and build yourself to getting back to being that team and, and not letting last week get you down because – you. Know, People talk about. I mean, you you lost by a field goal in a game. You outplayed a a one of the teams that we all have talked to all year about. This is one of those teams, Ohio State. Yes, well, you're also. not there yet because they beat you. But you went toe to toe with them for 60 minutes, and, sure. and so you can't allow that loss, as frustrating as it is, to then impact you in future games. And so, you Derail know, real momentum, right? Yeah. We're seeing, yeah. we're hearing all the right things. Oh, they had a great practice. Sure. I don't care about that stuff because I. That's all, to me, that's all spin. It doesn't matter till you get to Saturday and we see what you've got. We see what you've got. And I, I do think this team's going to come to play. I do. I, 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 I agree. All the things we talked about last year's last week about this team has a different mentality. I still believe all that stuff. And if it goes away just because you lost one three-point game to Ohio State, then you weren't ever that team. It was all phony. I don't think it's phony. I think this team is that team. And I, I do think they're going to respond well. But the offense needs to get going early. They really do. It's a lot easier to contain Riley Leonard when he's down multiple touchdowns and yes. you kind of got to put him into they got to speed things up and throw the football now. That's when Riley Leonard's going to make mistakes. If you let Duke stay on 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 track and stay on schedule and they can run the ball and they can play field position and they can do all that and they're just waiting on Riley to break a big play, either with his arm or his legs, that's how Duke pulls the upset. You want to put this team away, get on them early and then take Duke out of their game. So that's how the Notre Dame offense can also help the Notre Dame defense. That's also why a fast start matters because you help take some of that pressure off of your defense who yep. carried you for much of the week last week. It's time for you to kind of make it up a little bit to them and say, hey, our bad. I, that's just the wildest thing because, like, I see like fire out golden, fire out golden, fire out golden. I'm like,
1: the look, the last series points. sucked.
2: <laughs> there was yeah. multiple mistakes he made, players made, all that on that last series. But it should have never come to that last series. They held Ohio State to 10 points up to that point in time. They had just gotten a fourth down stop. They'd stopped Ohio State on fourth down at the goal line. They had done what they needed to do. Offense didn't do what they needed to do. Both both, all three phases contributed to that loss. Al Golden just isn't liked by some Notre Dame fans, so they're just going to blame him for everything. I understand that. I don't agree with it. I think it's kind of. I, I understand that that's how it is. I still don't understand why he's that disliked, but it's, I understand it's that misplaced it's
1: misplaced emotions because right. of that stuff combined with the recruiting stuff that we've talked about in right. the past. Like, it's just, right. I think it's built upon it, but I mean, you're right, Brian. Like I was literally in IBDation sports talk a couple of days ago where people were just fire alcohol and fire going. I'm like, guys, we are we, to, are we talking about the same team that only gave up 17 right. points last game right. and the offense only scored 14 right. and were shut out in the first half? Are we talking about the same team right here? Right. Yeah. You should win a game where you only give up 17 or less points 99% of the time. Like, Especially I mean, against a team 100%. like that. Yes, right.
2: especially against a team like that.
1: And, and I think well, the fast start matters even more here because you're talking about an offense that was just kind of cruising along four straight 40-plus yeah. point games, and then all of a sudden you play against a really good Ohio State defense, but we know that like a lot of critical mistakes in that game. There were a lot of mm-hmm. chances that weren't taken. There were a lot of chances that weren't capitalized
2: on. Like, you i have scored a lot just, more points.
1: You should have like that. That's a game that you should have scored steadily in the twenties, maybe into the thirties. Like you had those many opportunities in my opinion, but you are now in a, you are in a situation where you have to gain momentum back. right? Right. And early on in this football game, I think it's imperative that Sam Hartman, this offense gets back out there and they get back into that groove. If they do, I mean, guys, I'm not going to give my prediction yet, but like, I think they have a chance to roll a really good Duke if they do that. I really think that that's possible. I do.
2: Agree. Agree. That's key number one, Ryan. Key number two, this is, I mean, we're not reinventing the wheel this week for Notre Dame against Duke. Number two, control the ground. Duke has a very, very highly ranked pass defense, and for good reasons. I mean, there's a lot of reasons for it, which we'll get into in the next point. But they have been a little bit vulnerable on the ground when they've played a decent rushing offense. And the reality is, Ryan, they've only played one decent rushing offense so far this year, and that team ran pretty pretty well on them. You know, they
1: ran for over two hundred yards. Didn't they? Right? right. Exactly. Yards? Exactly.
2: Yeah. And their their two running backs combined averaged over six yards a carry. I mean, they they had yeah. success in that game. And Clemson hasn't run like that really against a, a decent team since. Right. You know, they ran for a bunch of yards against Charleston Southern, but they only ran for one hundred sixty three yards against Florida Atlantic and they only ran for 146 yards against Florida State. So, you know, Notre Dame is going to have to come out and and establish the ground game because that's who they are, right? I mean, that, that's just who they want to be. When you compile that with the the receiver depth issues because of injuries, maybe Jaden Thomas doesn't play, whatever the case may be, you've got to come out and you've got to establish the ground game. That's going to be a big part of it. That's going to be a big part of it. So – uh and 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 controlling the line of scrimmage, it it really comes down to controlling the line of scrimmage which will first and first and foremost manifest itself with running the football that's the best way I mean I'm I'm normally a fan of like come out take some shots and, and we'll get into that next point but if Notre Dame comes out early and they're able to get that ground game early going early that would be ideal and honestly Ryan in a lot of these games the offensive ground attack has not really rolled early it's taken some time to get it going they They ran for 176 yards because Ohio State's pretty good. They ran for 126 or 123 in the second half, 123 in the second half, you know, and and you look at uh, Central Michigan. They didn't really run the ball that great. I mean, they they did, I mean, eight yards, five yards, three yards, but they weren't really gashing Central Michigan until the second half. They came on the second half and started running on them. So it ties into that start fast thing, and specifically to their ground game, they're going to have to find ways to get the ground game going earlier uh, than they have. And I don't know what the answer to that is, um, you know, but but they're going to have to find. So I, I actually, the 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 Central Michigan game to me might be a little bit of a, you know, the, the one good series they had running the football in the first half was that first series. Mm-hmm. Because they, Ohio State, just like NC State, just like Central Michigan, they were saying, we're stopping inside because we know you're going to run right downhill on the first series. They came out against Central Michigan, ran toss, and boom, they got outside of it. You know, and so uh, do some different things to allow Audrick to soften that defense up. And then, you know, you can come in with some other things and have some success.
1: Well, Brian, in my I did a little bit of it. Is that a fly? Did I just see a fly? <laughs> I'm sorry, man.
2: Just- it's like this little <laughs> gnat, and I know that Ryan gets distracted easily. So I was like, "Oh man, I gotta kill this dude. I,
1: I saw. I just saw your head move, and then I saw yeah. a little fly or a gnat, and yeah. I was like, "Is that in my room? No, yeah. That's not in my room."
2: Yeah. Um, so controlling the ground game. Sorry, sorry controlling the
1: <laughs> ground game. Well, my matchup articles this week, I talked a lot about in in regards to the to the Duke defense. I talked about neutralizing the defensive line because I think it's very good. And I talked about the secondary, which we'll get into. I didn't talk about the second level of the defense because I don't think it's great for Duke. I think that the linebacker position is not one that's great. The biggest defection off of the Duke team from last season, I think the biggest loss by far, in my opinion, off that defense is Shaka Hayward. Like he was a stalwart for that team for years. He was a really good football player. They don't have that guy on the second level right now. Were they built off of in Mike Elko's defense? Uh, you know, I know he probably doesn't run it. Anymore, whatever, you know. Well, he, I mean, he hired system.
2: Tyler Santucci, who was with him at right. Notre Dame, was with him at Texas A&M. Texas so A&M. it's yeah. still an, it's still very much Mike Elko's philosophy. He's not running the he defense. He's hired people that believe in what he believes in that have been with him right. for a long time to run it. Yes, and so I, I, I think it's fair to still say it's Mike Elko's defense. But he, yeah, you're correct. He doesn't run it.
3: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDIC. Well,
1: his defensive line, though, for Duke, I think this is one of the better defensive lines that Notre Dame is going to play all season. I really do. And I think that neutralizing them is going to be big because I don't think the second level is great. I think that the linebackers are not, I think that's the weak spot on this Duke defense, in my opinion. But Dwayne Carter up front is a really good football player, man. Number 90 defensive tackle. He's a really good player. Jamie Ann Franklin, Notre Dame fans, no. He's a really tough inside nose type of football player. They also have RJ Oben, who is Roman Oben's son that played offensive tackle in the NFL, who's a very solid football player, man. He's their best pass rusher by far, but he's also a pretty physical run defender. Like he's not a small kid at all. So that defensive line, is going to try to create a little bit of chaos. Dwayne Carter is going to split some gaps. RJ Oben is going to try to work in the backfield a ton. Jamie on Franklin is going to hold the point of attack and do hit a little bit of the dirty work. It's a good defensive line, man. So the, the offensive line, I think, for Notre Dame, from all the way, Joe Waltz, all the way over to Blake Fisher, that whole offensive line in general, this isn't just an interior offensive line thing. I think that the whole offensive line needs to come out and have a big game against this defensive line because it's good, man. It's a good defensive line.
2: Inside's got to play at a high level. To yes. your point, because here's what I like about what Duke does, does up front, Ryan. They have the big guys that early. Dwayne Carter's 305, Jamie On's 309. Then they rotate in their next level and they got the people's kid. And those guys are much smaller and athletic and quick and penetrators and disruptive. So it's like they're throwing kind of two different styles of player at you. Yep. You know, there's the power players that are the starters. And same thing with like RJ Open. The guy that they bring in after him is more of a quicker, twitchier. You know, and then they start during the game, they don't just have like the first line together and the second line together. After the first couple series, they start mixing and matching those guys in a way nice. that, that I thought Mike Elko did a great job of at Notre Dame in 2017. And, and so it, it gives you a lot to work to think about. Like, where last week, Ohio State's all their D tackles were kind of the same guy. And if you can have some success, you're going to, and, and I thought the guards played their butts off. I mean, Ohio State's kids made yeah. some plays, right? And that's going to happen. I mean, Tyreek, uh, Tyreek Williams, had a Williams good day. played yeah. like a man that game. Yeah, but I mean, but otherwise, a, like
1: Notre Dame. But there's held, a lot of like, wins, like, wins they track. had.
2: Against, yeah, but yeah. there's a lot of wins they had against him as well. Like that's going to happen when you play a defense like Ohio State. So they're going to have some wins, but you've got to make sure that you win more than they, a lot more than they win, and that happened. And that's why Notre Dame was leaning on Ohio State in the second half. And and so this week it's kind of the opposite. They're, they're they've got a different types of guys. You know, they've got the bigger physical kids up, and then they rotate in some more athletic kids. And I, I like what they do. They can I match up with personnel. Hey, you want to go big? You want to go 13 personnel? We can match up with that up front. We can put our big boys on the field, and we can match up against that. You want to spread the field, go 10 personnel, 11 personnel? We can match up with that. And uh, and with as much as Notre Dame rotates in series, that allows defenses to, to match with them because if you rotate, they get a chance to rotate and that's why I kind of like the idea of of maybe coming out and and just maybe a little bit this week I think it would be good to maybe stick with some of your personnel for a few plays and just kind of have some plans to show some different things within that then rotate Uh, we'll see if they end up doing that but controlling the line of scrimmage is going to be huge huge and getting the run game going early is going to be important as well because if you can come out your first possession Ryan and 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 we'll we'll talk about the pass game here in a second. But if you can, you know, just move the chains of the pass game on the first drive, run the football, go nine plays, take five six minutes off the clock, and punch it in the end zone before Riley Leonard even gets on the field, that's a win. Yep. It's a huge win. I think you know? this is a
1: week where I would I would choose if I win the toss to receive the football. I'm usually yeah. a fur guy, but I feel like I would take the ball. That
2: says me. a lot because you're a man. defensive guy. Which you know I always what I mean? say defer, and, and, yeah. man.
1: Like we'll the we'll we'll you know we'll get the offense on the field to start the second, yeah. but like. With where the offense is coming out of the Ohio State game with a little bit of lack of confidence and the defense playing pretty well, I think I would rather the offense get jump-started a little bit yeah. and really get going. So, yeah, I think I would I think I would choose to get the ball this week to begin the game, just, just yep. my opinion.
2: Yep. Second, third point, Ryan, and um, they're going to have to find some answers in the pass game this week yes. and, and for a host of reasons. Number one, obviously, if Jaden Thomas can't play, then you've got to find some answers there. I I'll, No, that's going to sound wrong. Uh, let me say it this way. I was going to say it's a blessing in disguise. Do not mean that because I do not want Jaden to be hurt or to miss time. What I mean is sometimes when you do miss a guy that's a veteran guy, that's a good football player, you're kind of forced to do some different things, especially with all the other injuries Notre Dame has. There's no Deion Colsey. There's no Matt Salerno. There's no K.K. Smith. You know, there's, there's all those different types of things. Uh, you're down to basically five scholarship receivers, and one of them is a guy right now they just don't think is ready to play. I personally would would use Braylon James for 10 snaps in this game. Just be, As I said yesterday, Ryan, he's not a five-year player. If Braylon James is here for five years, you don't want him here because he's not that guy. And right. if he is that guy, he's not staying for five years. You know, and I, and I brought up Miles Boykin. Didn't do a whole lot his first three years. Breaks out as a senior. Guess what? Goes to the NFL. That's just that's the nature of it. Yep. And so I would I would trigger him, just, look, let him run three routes, whatever. But, you know, hey, look, maybe we got to get Jaden Greathouse outside a little bit. Use him and Chris Tyree together a little bit more. You know, there's some different things. Put Tobias Merriweather in the boundary. Try to let him use his vertical speed, which we'll, we'll get to. But the, the point is, you're not at full strength. There's no excuses. Yep. That's football, yep. right? Yep. You've got enough options with the tight ends, with the running backs, and you still have some very talented receivers still left to play that you can have success, Ryan, they've got to find some answers in the, in the passing game. And, and I think personnel wise, I'm gonna have an article on this later today. There's some things they need to do differently personnel, but the other thing is you can't bring Sam Hartman in and be unwilling to attack on the perimeter. And I know that's a big thing for you in this game.
1: It is because someone asked about this on the board. Cause I had talked about this in an article, as far as like some of the key matchups and, Someone had said, you know, but does Notre Dame really need to win outside? Like, why wouldn't they just take advantage of the inside if if they, their corners are so good? Because the corners for Duke are very good. But my point is always this, Brian, is like we always talk about sustainability, right? And for Notre Dame to be that team that they need to be offensively, I don't think that you can just win off of just playing this bully ball inside game consistently against every team on your schedule. I just don't think because we've seen that, like, if that's Notre Dame's viewpoints or their message that there's going to be a game where you're just like, huh, oh, the run game's not getting going now. And then we're uncomfortable to make any plays outside. I really think that condensing Notre Dame is the way to stop Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's like, yes, Al Blades jr. Is playing good football transfer from Miami. Yes. Miles Jones is playing good football transfer to Texas A&M. By the way, Chandler rivers might be their best one. In my opinion, as a true sophomore, he's a freshman all American last year, really good football player. So they're three deep at corner. And that's not even counting Brandon Johnson at nickel, who's a good football player in his own right, right? So cornerback-wise, they're very good. They are going to try to eliminate everything outside the hashes and to the sideline and just not allow anything outside the numbers to be a a quantifiable win for Notre Dame. They're going to try to force you hit tighter windows inside over the middle of the field, try to run the football, but we're going to keep everything in very reduced space. If I'm Notre Dame, honestly, you need to be able to make a couple plays against those corners. You have to. You have to make them feel – you have to make defensively Tyler Santucci and that defensive staff to feel uncomfortable where it's like, dang, I'm going to have to sneak an extra guy outside. If if Tobias Merriweather's Or we've got to keep our safeties
2: back instead of triggering them down in the run game. I mean, like Ryan, you could say, well, yeah, their corners are good, but if you're just going to completely ignore a part of the field against Duke – then you're just basically saying we're a nine and three, ten and two football team. If we can't right. beat Duke's corners, yeah. it, it, I mean, what, what are we doing here? And right. some of it's about trusting your personnel. Some of it's about scheme. You know, there's some other things you can do. Uh, I haven't seen Notre Dame do, do a whole lot of outside where they clear out with number two and then run a, a number one on a deep end cut. You know, they they're, they haven't done a, as much of that. And then actually looking for it, they'll, they'll run those concepts but like they never look at it. You know, there's some things along those lines, but to me, it's, you've got to find ways. And I, and, and I, again, I'm going to have an article on this later. And I talked a little bit about it in, an, in a receiver article I did today at Irish Breakdown. And I talked about it in my breakdown yesterday, or that I put up late last night of the the pass game, which is, you know, you're now three game, you're now five games in, and in those five games, you've targeted Jaden Thomas, Rico Flores, and Jaden Greathouse 53 times, 53 times. Uh, which is, I mean, to a degree, you understand that they have 474 yards on 53 targets and they have caught a combined, let's see, 22, 34 passes. And, and so when, when you look at it and you say, Hey, look, they're, they're good football players that they are, they deserve to be targeted. They're volume guys more. Yeah. You've got a 64.2% completion rate when targeting those guys, 8.9 yards per attempt, 13.9 yards per completion. They've only targeted Tobias Merriweather and Chris Tyree 20 times. But in those 20 attempts, they're completing 80% of their throws. They're averaging 19.9 yards per target and 24.8 yards per completion. They've got 397 pass- uh, receiving yards compared to 474 with the other group, but the targets are 20 versus 53. And, and my whole point is I have no problem playing any of those three kids that I talked about. They're just not complimenting them enough, in my opinion. And 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 eventually teams are gonna say, well, we're just like you said, Ryan, we're just gonna condense. And if we know that by playing press and with good corners, we know we can just get you to eliminate your receivers on your own. Right. You eliminated Tobias Merriweather and Chris Tyree last week. And then the two go routes they did throw were to Rico and Jaden Thomas. That's not the matchup you want against Denzel Burke. It's not the right. matchup you want. And and so give me the six-four kid that can maybe go. Win a put Holden Stace out there and throw a jump ball to him or something. You know what I mean? Especially like
1: especially this week where you're going to get Miles Jones who's 6'4, and then Al Blades Jr. That's like 6'1. I know Chandler Rivers isn't a big guy, but like they got some length outside. He's 5'10. Like, yeah. yeah. And that's what yeah. I said
2: in my show yesterday is when you get Tobias Merriweather matched up against Chandler Rivers. Because here's the other thing about Duke, they play field boundary. That's a Mike Elko yeah. thing. There are going to be times if you put Tobias Merriweather into the boundary this week, there are going to be snaps that you can dictate that he's going to be matched up against Chandler Rivers. You can dictate that yep. and say, hey, let's take advantage of that some way, somehow. Because Chandler Rivers is a good football player, but he's 5'10", sure. 178 pounds, yep, you know, to, to your yep. point. So there, there are things they need to do personnel-wise, in my opinion, to free that up. There's coaching things. Chancey Stuckey's got to get that group better at getting off the ball. Because right now, teams are going to say, we're going to come beat up their outside receivers. And, just, and then if we do that, we know that Notre Dame will take them out of the game themselves. Sure. And – You might be able to beat Duke doing that, maybe. But again, is that really setting you up to be the best version of yourself? I don't think that it is. So they're going to have to find some answers in the pass game this week. And you've
1: seen flashes of the releases being really good at Notre Dame at times, you know, like I remember like the Jaden Greathouse touchdown in the opening game. That was yeah. a great release. Rico had a really nice release this past game. You know, like there, there have been moments. Jane uh, Thomas had one, I think in the second or third game where it was just like, he kind of left the guy in the dust as it re- off Yeah. Of that was against central Michigan. Moments. Yeah.
2: Right. Well, I mean, it was to, against CMU. Tobias
1: against central Michigan yeah. too. His release on that long touchdown oh, yeah. was fantastic. And that was their best I corner. Mean, yeah.
2: Yeah. That was Dante Kent. But I need to see them do that against Jaden Carter. And here, here's here's a, a concern for me with Jaden Thomas. The question we had, we both like Jaden Thomas a lot, but you and I both thought he was he's more of a slot guy, you know, more of an inside guy. And you look at Jaden Thomas; he's your leading receiver. He's number one on your on your team in targets with twenty. Yep. Uh, next is Rico Flores; he leads your team in receptions. He's second in receiving receiving yards. Here's the problem. He's had one catch for seven yards on seven targets against NC State and Duke combined. That's a problem, right? That, 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 because that, you're going to face more of those type of teams from here on out than you will, Central Michigan's and Navy's and Tennessee States. It's a problem. So you've got to figure, okay, are we not using Jaden effectively? Are we not asking him to do things he's good at? Are we not putting him in position to be effective in those games? That, that's got to, that's a problem, you know? And, and then, you know when I when I look when I talked about this. Now Jaden Greathouse didn't do a, none of those guys did anything against NC State. Jayden, the Jaden Thomas, Jaden Greathouse, Rico Flores group. Jaden Greathouse had that great touchdown reception, but it was a shorter throw. Yep. But his he had three catches for 13 yards in that game, yep. Yep. and and Jaden Thomas had no catches in that game. Well, and then and then you look at it and you look at uh, Tobias Merriweather and Chris Tyree, and they had 110 receiving yards on. Two catches in that game. Yep. You know, and then Chris Tyree had another catch in that game. Tobias had another catch in that game, called back. You you've got they're always going to get more volume. Those guys are going to get more volume. They're volume players. We've talked about this. But you've got to start doing more to get your impact guys the football more. You need to kind of, it's always going to be somewhat like this, but you've got to get a little bit more here in your usage. And you've got to figure out ways. How can we, how can we get these guys more free if we're getting broken up? Do we need do we do more motion? You know, do, do we, do, do we do For different fronts? things where, um, uh, you know, we, we stack more where we do different things more, you know, there's things you to have to see, look at. I would love to see
1: them run some more variation off of their mesh concepts as well. Cause like, I feel yeah. like every time they run mesh, something good happens, man. Like it yeah. feels like it. So like, now let's run some different stuff, right? Like some mesh spot or some, med, you know, some, a wheel off the mesh, like right. can we get something a little bit more creative because right. I truly think that Notre Dame has done really or pivot, things with show mesh and work yeah. back.
2: You know, they did that a couple of times on the perimeter, you know, maybe like some jerk routes, some, you know, teams will run like that, 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 and then show it and then go vertical as they sit on you. So just a little bit more creativity in that regard. Now that teams have a, you have an idea of how teams are going to play you because they're just going to have to, they're just going to have to, number one, there's going to have to be more trust. And, hey, be willing to take a shot. It's a, It's like Notre Dame is at this place where it's like and, – and I and I, I'm, I wonder if this is a Marcus Freeman thing because it was this way with Tommy Reese last year. There's just an unwillingness to take high-risk – make high-risk throws. yeah. And even the deep shots they took against – because remember, coming into the Central Michigan game, Ryan, the thing you and I – or the NC State game, the thing you and I were talking about the first two games is there's not a lot of big plays against them. And then you look at the NC State game, and Tobias had a big play. You saw Chris Tyree had a big play. Holden Stace had a big play. But none of those were on deep balls.
1: No, to right? Catch.
2: Tobias was on an in-cut where he made a guy miss. Tyree was on a scramble play where he snuck behind the defense. Uh, Holden Stace was on a little slide route where he caught the ball like a yard down past line scrimmage. Yeah, they threw the ball deep against Central Michigan. And you and I talked about before the game, that's not a very good secondary. Right. So so don't do those things against Central Michigan and then completely avoid them in other in other games. You've got to be willing to to say, hey, look, it's okay if we throw an incomplete pass. We have a great rushing attack. We have a great quarterback. We've got really good tight ends. If we throw an incomplete pass on first and ten, it's okay because we can come back and get six or seven in a run game on the next play, or we can get to a tight end, or we can do something where we can get those yards back. You have to be willing to be a little bit more aggressive. You have to be willing to say it's okay to throw an incomplete pass. You don't have to complete 80% of your throws. Take some shots and kind of get that, that, that thing a little bit here. That's going to be the big key. So uh, they're just going to have to find more ways to create big plays. And somebody's like, Tobias was in the slot. Who? Ca- We're not saying – make big plays. I don't care where the F.E. lines up. Make big plays. If you have to put a guy in the slot to make a big play, then put him in the slot to make a big play. It's like, what are you talking about here? They need big plays. They need to generate less- more plays in the pass game doesn't count Simple less as that.
1: or more on the scoreboard if it comes from the slot or the outside, right? I it
2: don't give a two. crap, you know? I don't care if he's playing X, Z. I don't care. Good team. Look, what what did we say before the, the Ohio State game? They're going to figure out ways to get Emeka and Marvin in the slot and away from the corners. Did we not say that? What did Mecca do outside against Notre Dame? Nothing. Did he even play outside? Nothing.
1: <laughs> I, I didn't even see a play outside. Yeah. He caught,
2: I think, yeah. one pass outside. Nothing. Yeah. It all came in the slot. That's what good teams do. Hey, these corners are freaking studs, right? We're going to have a hard time. So do I just beat my head against the wall trying to have success against them? Or maybe I can move them around and put them in a more favorable matchup. Imagine that,
3: right? That's called good
1: coaching. Right. I mean, we saw Marv, how many plays was Marvin Harrison playing inside in that football game, even though he didn't have a great game, right? As far right. as like getting right. up and stuff. Like, yeah, right. so you move your
2: best players around. It's like said so right. hate matchups. That's all. Right. And you have to be able to win success. And to your point, you've got to be able to find ways to win on the outside. Yes. You have to. Yes. Well, how many big plays have they made on the outside, outside of the Central Michigan game? Because <laughs> <laughs> you had the 42 I'm yarder thinking, to, yeah. to Rico, you had the 75 yeah. yard touchdown to. to Tobias how many other plays that how many other big plays made on the outside it's just been
1: a bunch of like bunch of sticks and that type of stuff like it hasn't been big plays yeah no. right
2: it's like you have to be one to take some chances in the
1: chain type of stuff yeah
2: yeah, yeah. you have to be one to take some chances and and that's why I'm wondering if this is a Marcus Freeman thing I really am because Ryan I'm sitting here in practice watching some of these things and I'm thinking these things we're seeing in practice I'm we're not seeing on Saturday like why
1: I mean, we've been Why? seeing like, in, in, I remember practice film, Brian, of like I mean, Braylon James was almost uncoverable running deep in those, some of those practices, you know, where it's just like, you just can't counteract that speed. So, I mean, I've I've been on that train for a few games. It's like, I don't need to see Braylon James 20 plus snaps a game right now, but like right. a couple, right? Like a couple snaps where you're like, that speed's different, man. I mean, right. If you yeah, know, you're going to what... get a
2: cover one and just say, Hey man, we're yeah. going to have Tobias running a go around on the outside and Braylon on the go and, and, and just, be willing to let her go the
1: the the one positive to the injuries right now for Notre Dame is that it might force the hand of playing a little bit more speed in certain situations yeah you have to Tyree Merriweather stuff of pure availability but of
2: course Ryan what they'll probably do is they'll probably play 12 personnel 75 percent of the game
1: yeah or they'll put Mitchell Evans into the boundary outside or something right okay
2: cool Cool. <laughs> so we'll see if they can do it, but they're going to need to do it. And and again, if we were just talking about this after the Ohio State game, I can't stand that hindsight 2020 stuff, but we've been talking about this for a little bit, right? That's why the Central Michigan game was encouraging because they finally took some go shots. And then it's like, okay, we well, just did it against a team that sucks. You haven't done it against anybody else. And, and again, it's about using your personnel wisely. I am, I am sorry. Jaden Thomas can do a lot of good things on the football field. I'm not asking him to go win a one on one against Denzel Burke. Yeah. Because he's not that kind of release guy. He just not not against a corner like that. I'm not asking Rico Flores to win vertical against against Denzel Burke. And I'm not asking, and I'm not going to allow Tobias Merriweather to do that. I, I'd even put again put Holden Stace out there and let him run vertical and throw a back shoulder. Somebody asked in the in the chat, is it have they thrown a 50 50 ball this season? Well, kind of. It's just Sam Hartman has dropped him over the top and perfectly and yep. they haven't needed to do that there's been a couple times you know where where it's there it's like just th- just throw it high and on the back shoulder let your guy go get
3: it and yeah, they've they tried
1: done. a couple times where just like the wide receiver got stuck like i mean there was one merriweather this past game rico flores this oh, past game where you tried but he it just, beat, yeah,
2: beat davison off the ball and he knew he got beat and that's why he just grabbed a jersey Yes. And you got the penalty. But, I mean that,
1: that was my favorite play of that game. I, I don't think we've talked about this, but that was my favorite play of the game because they the corner lost his minds. So he's like, how oh, was that a penalty? And then you watch yeah. it, you're like, That's a penalty guy. That's a, <laughs> yeah, it's like I
2: don't know. Like, I mean, Tobias is running down field like this, you know, and it's you only like t-
1: you only tug him seven times. Like, I think he on, was man. mad because I
2: think he thought that Tobias kind of hit him in the face as he was trying to get off. And it's like, sure. Well, yeah, you're mugging the guy. I mean, that's a human I, instinct. When I'm getting mugged, I'm gonna try to defend myself, you know. But Uh, He knew he beat him, but there's just some – they've just got to find – because there's – look, and here's the thing, Ryan. Jared Parker's doing a lot of good things as the offensive coordinator. Oh, no doubt. And the things that we're saying we need to see are more of a, man, if you're able to do this, it's going to take you to a a level where you're scoring against Ohio State as well. That's the whole point. It's not just scoring against those things. So, So I like a lot of things that Jared Parker's doing. This is more about you need to take that next step, but that next step is also very important for your matchup against Duke. Yes. That's the key here. So that's um that's it for the offensive keys.